This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How are you doing? Hope you're well. Welcome to this extra special download uh, from the Fight Disciples podcast. If this is the first time that you've ever stumbled across it, you can get us on iTunes. Please subscribe. Please write us a five-star review. It helps us with our uh, viewability in the uh, iTunes charts. If you're on Android, by the way, you can get us... Uh, via our website, fightdisciples.com. There's videos on there as well of us interviewing various fighters as we build up towards this big monster fight this weekend in the World Boxing Super Series. And you can get us on all our social media as well, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Now, myself and Nick have been doing a bit of moonlighting this week. Um, we've been doing a bit for TalkSport, TalkSport 2, national broadcasters here in the UK if you're listening to us abroad. Uh, and we caught up. Uh, with George Groves, Chris Eubank, Chris Eubank Sr., uh, Shane McGuigan, Calla Sowland this week at the uh, Groves-Eubank Jr. press conference. We've been up in Manchester sticking microphones in various people's faces on behalf of TalkSport and, of course, on behalf of us here at, uh, at Fight Disciples. Hence bringing you an extra special download, all right? So hopefully this will get you in the mood for the big fight that's happening this weekend in Manchester. We start with a little bit of a chinwag uh, with the two Eubanks. Junior and senior uh, sat down with me, Nick, and other journalists from the world of uh, uh, of sport to talk about the fight this weekend. Uh, Chris Junior, welcome to the show. You seem cool. You seem calm. You seem collected. You seem extremely focused. How do you uh, judge what we've just witnessed there in the men room? I'm in control, man. I'm. Uh... Yeah, I'm in control. I'm. I'm ready. And uh, I believe mentally I have the edge over him. Um, you know, his body language, the way he speaks, the way he's looking at me, the way he's breathing. Uh, everything is, from what I can tell, through past, looking, watching past opponents, is that he's, he's ready to be beaten. He's there to be beaten. Um, I've just got to go in there and put it on him. You, I mean... Dom, you mentioned this yesterday at the, uh, at the, at the workout uh, to Chris Senior regarding everybody seems to be obsessed with size at this moment in time. And you made a great point yesterday uh, regarding the heavyweight division and Mike Tyson only being at uh, 5'10". I know that it bro- was brought up a couple of times in that conversation as well. Size, from your point of view, isn't going to pay any, any fruition whatsoever regarding this fight. No. Well, you know, I mean... You know, the, the pundits and the fans, uh, you know, they're looking at size because they don't understand who we are and who he is, is spirit. And there are spirits you can't contain and we have a live one here. So, there you are. Just interesting as well in the press conference there, the way it kind of all petered out with yourself and George. It was fascinating looking look at the, the different dynamic between, you know, or the dynamic between the pair of you. One of the points that was raised to you was about the Billy Joe Saunders defeat, and you said obviously that was your first 12-rounder, and you won't make that same mistake again. It's going to be relentless from the start. That's the key to you winning this fight, as far as you're concerned, your stamina, your relentless nature. It's, it's one of the keys to victory. I mean, there's many, there's many routes I can take to beating George Groves. That is for sure one of them, staying on him, not, not giving him space to breathe. But if I want to outbox him, I can outbox him. If I want to outpunch him or outwar him, brawl with him, I've got all areas covered. That's why I'm so confident. Regarding um, the World Boxing Super Series and the way that it is all, all playing out, one of the things that I loved about you when you were fighting and what I love about you now that you're fighting is that you have an appreciation of that it's more than just what happens in the ring. It is about show business, about bringing people in, about the entertainment factor. The way that we will witness this at the weekend, for people that have never been to a World Boxing Super Series show, is that there's a gladiatorial element of this. And we were saying on the show yesterday that we genuinely believe that you'll be in your elements on Saturday night from the ring walk right through to actual showtime once the first bell goes. Yes. You know, this is... People are paying hard on money to see fight. So um, winning is first and foremost, but if you can win and look good at the same time, you must do that. Um... And it's not so much me being, you know, showing off or being arrogant. Uh, 
when you're in a fight situation, you know, every man acts differently. For me, I like to, you know, I like to draw energy from the crowd, from through myself. Um, you know, I don't like to do, I don't like to do the orthodox everyday boxer things because it, it doesn't excite me, um, and it doesn't excite the public. You know, they want to see something different. Mm. I enjoyed Instagram, by the way, last night. It was very good. A little bit of swimming and, uh, and what have you. The, the roof in the car looks absolutely amazing, by the way. Yes. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a special, special uh, Rolls Royce. Um, we're, we're in fight week, so, you know, things are a little bit less tense, a little bit more uh, relaxed in terms of, you know, I'm not, I don't have to be in the gym 24-7 um, killing myself, you know. It's kind of like the work's already done. Mm. So, you know, you just enjoy it, you know, you save your energy for a fight. Just a word about that. And again, it's going back to the size thing, but in a different way, because you being the smaller man, but does that make you happier in fight week with weight, with what you want to eat, with the fact that mentally you can relax a little bit? Is, is it a lot easier for you in fight week than maybe it is for George Groves? I, I would say so. I would say that, you know, a man that doesn't have to worry about cutting weight, doesn't have to worry about watching what he eats, um, is genuinely, uh, generally, you know, a happier man than somebody who's having to watch what they eat. Um, but, you know, he will be a stone heavier than me on the night. So it's, it's pros and cons. But I don't believe that his size difference will be enough to save him. He thinks it will be. Well, he says that he, that his size, him being the big man, is going to play a huge role in this. Uh, I just, I just don't see it. Chris, I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed this week that I've not seen you dance. Uh, at all it's one of my highlights when I come to a, a, a Eubank Junior fight now that you do get out a little bit of two step you do a little bit for us will we see it at the weigh in <laughs> you know what we need to do is just keep the spotlight where it should be pointing and that is now the objective so you know there's you know growth gradual change into the new gen you, you had an interesting conversation with my colleague, Gareth. If you get on uh, one of the microphones, Gareth, you were talking about that exact same thing regarding the pointing of the spotlight. Gareth, if you want to pick that yeah, up. Yeah, well, I think it's very interesting. That, you know, when we sat down with, with Chris Jr. earlier last week, or late last week, you were clearly feeling that this is the moment where you could step out from your father's shadow, if you like, in many ways, and create your, your own major legacy from this point. And I wondered whether... You have realised that moment as well, Chris Senior, that this is that moment. Yes and no. Okay, so, yes, in that he actually has to, and already has, long ago, in my view, two, two years ago, stepped out of my shadow. Mm. But then you have the bigots, and you have the critics, who pay us a tremendous amount of respect by showing their mediocrity for our success because that's what jealousy is so the part of it where I'm concerned as the father I don't quite see it like that what, whatever he does he reinforces our brand, brand Eubank and in actual fact he actually makes my shadow bigger and it is uh, it's by default he can't do anything about that is it fair to say Chris that your son and you know you and I have spoken about him many occasions you know what I think of him and you know how brilliant yes. I think he could be mm -hmm. and that I think he could head to the top of the pound for pound list if everything comes true yes. and we've spoken about this together um, has he got the qualities that maybe you didn't have is that he doesn't have emotion about fighting yeah that will actually aid him my father tried to teach me that lesson when what happened to Michael happened. He said, you can't uh, have anguish about anything like that. that. This is not the sport to have that type of feeling. Mm. So fortunately for him, because of his other side, his mother's side, he's a lot colder than what I, I was. Mm. And it's fascinating, isn't it? In other words... The evolution of the Eubanks, if you like, the brand, the yes. fighters, yeah. he's, he is the next generation from you naturally, as a fighter. Naturally. And, you know, he's now uh, gradually building out 
stepping out to step back in. <laughs> you know, he won't see that, and his view is he is his own man. He's very. No, but we're old, and we've seen, we know. Yeah. Do you find that, Chris Junior, as well, regarding uh, what Gareth uh, and your father's just been just been speaking about regarding that evolution and that coldness? that calculatedness, that focus. I mean, you're looking at me right now and I can see the focus in your eyes. Do you, are you aware of that? Of course. I know, I know what I am as a fighter and as a man. Um, in the ring, I just I don't see any place for emotion. That's just my experience. Um, that's how, what I've used to become successful and to perform the way I perform. Do you understand though, that that is very unique? There's not a lot of people out there, even in your game, that know that. I mean, when the bright lights come on, when they do the ring walk and there's 15, 20, 25,000 people in an, an arena, the music's playing, it's easy to get carried away with things like that. I mean, what we experienced with you in the first round of this World Boxing Super Series against Yildirim, when there were a lot of Turkish guys in Germany going absolutely crazy, that was a cold, calculated performance, and that is very unique. Do you understand, do you, do you understand and appreciate that that is, I don't want to use the word superhuman, but it is, in a way. I think that's why I'm box office. That's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm a fighter that people, uh, you know, watch and talk about and and try to emulate because I, I I'm not I'm different to other fighters. You know, when I knock a guy out, I'm not hugging people and kissing everybody and jumping up and down for joy. Um, I'm still, I'm calm, I'm composed because that's what I'm trained to do. That's my job as a fighter to stop my opponent. Um, so when that happens when that time comes I'm not I'm not uh, relieved I'm not I'm not happy um, it was I, always supposed to be that's that's what I was supposed to do that's my job mm. are you happy when you are you smiling and jumping up and down for joy when you start an interview no because this is what you do every day you it's your job to be fair, I do jump up and down every single day when I interview people, especially legends like Chris Eubanks Sr. It's not every day that you get to spend time uh, with him and pick his brains. Uh, we also got a little opportunity to speak to George Groves, and he was equally as calm. Firstly, you're looking sharp, my friend. You're looking relaxed. We saw you yesterday at the uh, open workout, looking cool, looking sharp, nice and long. The jab's back in full force, knocking people's heads off. Look at the smile on your face. This is fight week, mate. Normally people are a little bit edgy in fight week, but you seem so calm and relaxed. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I think um, a lot of fighters are sort of uh, on the calorie counting, you know, come fight week, that's why they're a bit cranky. But um, no, I'm, 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 my weight's great, so I'm eating, so I'm happy. I'm happy to talk, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've got a lot of experience now for these sort of the big, the big press conferences, you know, where there's a lot of questions, sometimes some difficult questions. But um, I've always been able to sort of answer truthfully sometimes the truthfully has sort of alienated people in the past but this time around I don't think I really need to it's not alienating people if I just say that it's a, it's a big fight I'm looking forward to it but I believe I'm better than uh, Junior I think I'm, I'm levels above him so I'm a little bit upset that you didn't bring a Rubik's Cube today mate I'm going to be honest yeah no I mean what happened you can't do the same gag twice you know <laughs> and uh, you know if um <laughs> I've got a few things up my sleeve but we're saving them we're still saving them still got a good, good few fights left in me so uh, I like that you're saving it for the final that's optimism that's, that's it that's exactly that's, yeah. that's what we like to see uh, Gareth has just joined us on the show um, you picked this man to yeah. do the business and I go have, on to the I, final yeah I've picked George I think um, you know you can go back and forth that's why it's so brilliant this fight because there's so many imponderables um, and there are where the, you on, know. don't be using big words on this show <laughs> I'm sorry we're in Manchester there are lots of ups and downs that's and it. backs and forths that's it. in this fight pies and caps <laughs> and, um, and you know I think George is the bigger man he's got greater experience I think he hits harder I think he's got a world class jab and I think if he keeps to his game plan and, and does that, that's my belief. I don't know what his game plan is, but I'm sure he wants to get Eubank out there as soon as he can. But, um, the, you know, if I think George has the tools to do the job. Um, but Eubank is clearly, you know, of the belief that he's impervious to pain and he can keep coming. I know the sparring was pretty close over the years. And as you've said, George, it was... Um, it was certain things you were trialling, whereas he has a fight every time he spars, you know? Yeah, well, if you listen to, if you listen to what uh, Junior is saying this time around, um, he's put confidence in the fact that he believes he wants this more than me, that desire alone is enough, that uh, it's his time. Um, the problem with that is, 
it's not actually reality because um, I thought it was my time in my rematch against Carl Froch. No one wanted that more than me, mm. and I got knocked out. You know, and um, you know, it, it was just because that was that he, he was better on the night. You know, it took me a long time to come to terms with that, but you know, he probably prepared better than I did. He had a better team, and um, he got the job done. Right. So this time round, Eubank is deciding right. I can't beat him with boxing. I'm just going to have to. I'm just going to have to drag this into a dogfight, win every second of every round. That's where I had success when we sparred. But it is sparring. He's a paid sparring partner. If I'm bringing someone in, trying to work on specific things for a specific fight, and the guy in front of me just wants to jump him head first, let his hands go, with a big full face head guard on, and I'm wearing 16-ounce gloves, you know, he can ride those shots because there's, there's, there's those layers of protection. When you're fighting in a real fight, and uh, the guy in front of you is at the best he can be, razor sharp, 10-ounce gloves. Um, those little clipping, even the little clipping shots on the top of the head can make your legs do a funny dance, you know? Mm. And um, I'm naturally a lot bigger than him, heavier than him, denser than him, thicker than him. I'm going to be heavier than him on the night. Um, he's sort of like, as this fight has sort of been built, um, he sort of gained a load of attributes as well. Like, all of a sudden... Um, you know, they've always said he had fast hands because he can let his hands go rapidly on the bag and that, which is a static target, which anyone can train to do. I mean, like, usually the guys, when you come down Daryl Youth, my amateur club, the, the guy who was the best guy on the speedball was the worst fighter in the gym because there's just, that's, that's got nothing to do with fighting. Um, but yeah, as I say, since, since, since this fight's been made, he's, uh, he's now got, you know, this, this massive punch power, which... Yeah, uh, you know, he knocked out his last opponent, but you wouldn't sort of describe him as as a destructive um, power fighter. Um, he's got a granite chin all of a sudden, like uh, like his dad. I mean, one person, the argument was, and I said, yeah, but what about this? And they said, yeah, 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 but what about that? And I said, yeah, but what about this? And in the end, he went, yeah, but he's Eubank. I was like, that's not an excuse. That's not, that's not a reason for him to win this fight. When, when you get to this stage, though, George, now, when, when all the talking is more or less done now, you've got the weigh-in, that's it. That's the only official formality that you've got to do now. And he stated his case. He, he said a lot at the press conference. You were quite happy to kind of sit back a little bit and the odd one-liner here and there. You've got the crowd on your side with a couple of little, little quips to, to get back at him. I, I mean, has it, are you just bored of all that now? Are you, are you, uh, with all the talking because as was alluded to in the press conference you've been that man before you've been the one trying to get under the opponent's skin Carl Froch he's trying to do that it would seem to you and you're sitting back a little bit is that the way you see it? Yeah well I wasn't sure how Junior wanted to play it today whether he was going to come here and be nervous and not speak or come here and be nervous and try and get into an, you know, a verbal exchange he went for the for the, for the second one and um, it, you know it's I don't really need to do that, as you say. You know, I've, I've I've sort of done it before to get under people's skin. I think if I was to try and argue with him today, he would try and find some confidence from it. You know, he again, he he really relied heavily on some sparring sessions that are irrelevant, and he was trying to gauge my perspective. Was it 50-50? Was it 60-40? <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I couldn't, I can't even really remember them. They were that long ago. So um, yeah, I, I I'm not, I'm not. You know, he's been at. The opening of a fridge door this week, the opening of a crisp packet, anything that he can get his face into, he's there. Although he's in the gym the day after a fight, 24-7, he, he'll be, um, you know, he's at this premiere and that premiere and this party. And, you know, uh, I, I make jokes. I mean, he, he, he thinks that I'm jealous of his sort of, his newfound fame. But um, anyone who knows me knows that I'm not in boxing for, to be famous. And uh, that's why I don't really do as much media as I used to, because... Um, I don't need to, to try and sell fights anymore. They sell themselves. George, I thought there were two salient things for me from the press conference today, uh, today Adam and Dom, that you said, and I thought they were very pointed and very deliberate, and I'm sure they were rolling around your mind for the last few weeks, you want to say. One was execute the game plan on Saturday night, which tells me that you believe in your boxing skills and your power in this fight. And secondly, you mentioned... I've had harder fights than this. And he said, which ones? And then you rattled off James DeGale, two Cole Froch fights, Badu Jack, mm. Fedor Chudinov. It's a good list. It's a good it's list. A, <laughs> it's a pretty good list. I mean, and you clearly believe, even though his comeback was, so you're not taking me seriously then, because I know you are, 
because you're up for this. I can see it. Uh-huh. You go when you go red in the forehead. I know you're up for it. <laughs> I'm always red in the forehead. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm always, I'm people think you're mad, it, but yeah. people think you got angry, but you're just up for it when you go red in the forehead. Am I wrong? I, I don't know. I can't <laughs> see my forehead right now. But those two things for me were the two salient things from you today at the press conference, and they spoke volumes about what you intend to do. Yeah. How you see this? I mean, I don't take this fight lightly. I don't take any fight lightly. But um, you know, I've come. I've been in this game too long to ever to ever look past anyone. You know, I know that I know what he can do and what he can do well. I know that his style of fighting, what how he wants to approach this fight, he wants to make it a dog fight from the start to finish. That's a grueling exchange. If if I'm not on my uh, a game I could end up being dragged into that, mm. that dog fight and, and you're very brave and you love a fight at times well, you know, that, that, I'm not saying I mean you. if I did it um, Kenny I, Anderson I, all those yeah, years exactly. ago remember <laughs> up, in, in, up <laughs> in Edinburgh was it yeah. or Glasgow when we were up there you had got we involved in a dog we fight we was here was it, it was it Manchester here. Arena but he knocked you down early didn't yeah, he, he did, you got yeah. involved in a dog fight and you didn't need to dog fight no and you know if I can still beat Eubank in a dogfight. I mean, I've got, I've, I'm bigger than him, so that's that's a massive advantage. But there's more um, risks in that. Though, yeah, no? of course. Yeah, and then you're evening the score because you just, you're, I'm not going to fight volume with volume. I, I'm going to. If you watch the, the my last fight against um, Jamie Cox, he's throwing like flurries with his chin in the air, his body exposed. He gets caught. You know, the first one didn't put him away, second one didn't put him away, but then come the fourth round, an accumulation of it, couldn't get up off the floor from a mm. body shot. Mm. You know, Fedor Chudnov, I truly believe, um, is a harder fight than Chris Eubank Jr., you know, because he was one of the most physically imposing opponents I've ever had. And I fought Cole Froch twice, you know, and, and that guy's a machine. You know I mean, he, he, I've never, uh, to be able to walk through the punches he did in our first fight, it's phenomenal. You know, I, I've been in some real tough, tough fights, had to dig deep, you know. Of course I've lost, you know, and and my definitive loss that, that Junior keeps referring to is obviously getting knocked out by Cole Froch. But other than that, I've never been getting beat in a fight, if that makes sense. Definitely not in my head, you know. So the first Froch fight where I lost, I was winning that fight. The second Froch fight, I felt I was winning the fight. It was pretty close on, on the scorecards and it was over. I lost a split decision away from home against Badu Jack. The reason I lost a split decision because I thought I was winning the rounds. That's mm. what my corner was telling me and I weren't. He's, his loss is against Billy Joe Saunders where he's losing the rounds. Either his corner didn't tell him, like my corner didn't, or he knew it and he was ready to accept defeat. You know, Later on he's talking about he, that, was a, that was a pivotal moment for him where he knew he couldn't start slow and he needed to win every second of every round. But... You can do that with lesser opposition when you can just walk through anything they've got. You have to be a lot more smart or a lot more cunning when you get to the very top level and you're fighting the very top guys. And I'm a top guy, you know. He's not going to be able to just swarm me because um, if he leaves any openings, he's going to get hit. And that's going to have an effect, you know. It's going to have a draining effect on him. Mm. And uh, so, you know, I, I... I understand the game as well, you know. Like I watched, I was there ringside for when he boxed Arthur Abraham, and he seemed a little bit more nervous because this guy was apparently a step up in class. But we know Arthur Abraham throws three punches around, and <laughs> you know they're only going to come in the last three <laughs> seconds of the round. So he was letting his hands go, and then and then he had to walk away, and he had to posture, and he had to showboat. But that was all just so that he can get his breath back, because he's not he's not a machine. Yeah, we're being drug tested, so he's not on drugs. You know, you can't just. Um, let your hands go continuously for 12 rounds. Like, that's, if, 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 if you could train yourself to do that, everyone would be doing it. So. Hmm. Can I just say, before we finish this, the win against Chudinov, the interview after the Chudinov fight, yeah. it was like mm. a ghost had been uh, relieved from your body. Like, th- that relief is probably the word. You could tell the way you were talking. Obviously, you've climbed the mountain on so many occasions, but to get, uh, get there on your fourth, fourth attempt, I mean, it must have been a relief for you on that particular night to achieve what you set out to do and become world champion. Yeah, I mean it really was. It was it was sort of now or never, and it wasn't it wasn't a, t- a token win at the end of a career to s- you know to no, wave it goodbye. Proper, it was a it was testimonial. Proper. It was right. I can turn my career around now. You know I can you know and it has. It, I knew a win would secure me a number one slot in this tournament, mm. which could you know go on to to make me um, one of the biggest you know biggest fighters that certainly in the country maybe even worldwide so and opened so many doors for me um i'm, I'm blessed that uh it come along for me at the right time um this tournament has as well um after after finally achieving that sort of that uh that world title um 
I was, you know, I, c I could have happily have walked away from boxing without the, if I didn't have the motivation that's come along for with with this tournament. So, um, you know, I didn't really believe that this fight would be this exciting for people mm. that it would create this much excitement and become this much of a, of a huge sell but that's just great um, so uh, you win by going. controversial split decision yeah you, there may be a second Eubank fight down the line like the two fro uh, Froch fights yeah maybe but uh, <laughs> there'll be nothing controversial about this on Saturday night well, here, um, here's one for you George right because we've spoken to Callum and they're obviously doing this again next year like heavyweights are being muted around mm. you win this tournament Fancy step up and I would, a little knock? I would, yeah, well, you know, I would <laughs> love to be the uh, the if 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 light heavyweights do uh, come along, then I would love to go in uh, as the you know the Ali champion, mm. the representative of wow. the tournament, um, because um, I might be done at super middleweight. Then I might have you know had my closure, and there might not be the right fights for me. There might be bigger and better fights at light heavyweight. You know, I'd love a rematch with Badu Jack, who's, yeah, who's light heavyweight now. Mm. Um, my old mate DeGale is sort of off the boil right now so that, that's a that's a fight that would keep me at super middleweight but maybe we could do it a light heavyweight if he ain't got no belt no more he might end up in the tournament as well mm. you know so mm. um, but you know definitely want to look past don't even look past Saturday no, but don't yeah. look past this tournament um, well, there's a twinkle in your eye when I mention it oh I yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it, it ain't news to me but yeah so um, yeah um, I think light heavyweight division is a great division at the moment mm. you know um, Nathan Cleverly just lost his world title so Britain, we're not representing yet, but um, worldwide, there's uh, there's some some big fights, some real tasty fights. Um, so it'll be a great it'll be a great addition to the tournament if they do it at light heavyweight, as long as I get in a number one seed. Absolutely, <laughs> top man. Listen, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, mate. Thank you very much. Wish you all the best for the weekend. We can't wait for it, can we? It's great suit as well, by the way. Oh, he's looking sharp. Absolutely beautiful suits. Thank you very much. I mean, yeah. uh, Junior, Junior thought I'd copied him, but uh, <laughs> uh, I've seen the picture, and everyone should go back and look at the picture. And if you can see some pictures of my suit today and his suit uh, from the thing, I think they might just see the subtle differences, and that might be the difference on Saturday night Nuance, as well. The baby. subtle differences. Yeah. Most relaxed I have ever seen him. He's in good shape, and hopefully, going to be bringing. Uh, some serious fire on Saturday night. Can't wait for this fight. It's going to be an absolute crackerjack, isn't it? Uh, we also spent a little bit of time with his trainer, uh, Shane McGuigan, not only speaking about George, but I think it was only fair that we picked his brains about Josh Taylor, who was also in attendance too. And it's great uh, to have trainer extraordinaire. I think that's the right way of uh, terming it, uh, th th this man's uh, prowess. One, there's one person saying it. <laughs> no, we'll go extraordinaire. No <laughs> we'll, we'll go extraordinaire. I like it. That. Shane McGuigan, welcome. How are you, mate? You good? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, yeah I, very I, good. I like the fact that uh, yourself and George have gone suits today. Yeah, he, he, George is a smart man. Uh, any opportunity he can to, to wear a suit. And if I turned up in a tracksuit, I'd just look like a proper idiot. So I've got a, uh, got a suit and boot with him. I like the way that you say you've, you've gone more casual suit. You've refrained from the time, yeah, man. You should have no, gone in. What's it. the matter I'm with you? I'm a trainer. That's the problem. What's yeah, I can't you, go, man? I can't go tight You wore it well, on your wedding day. Like What's the matter? Only Come on, just. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot being made about uh, this fight. Uh, we just had George on the show talking about how he's quite surprised how it's uh, captured the imagination of uh, the British fight fan, mainly because... As he talks about levels, he sees himself here, he sees Eubank Jr. down here. Are you surprised that it's caught so many people's imagination, this fight? I'm not surprised. I think this is, the def this is for Eubank Jr., this is his defining moment. It's also the defining moment to, from the public's point of view to actually say, is he as good as his dad? You know, it's something that they've been saying. I remember when he was on Channel 5, ah, oh, he's useless, he's not as good as his dad. And then he's starting to get a little bit of momentum, he's got a little bit better, and now it's like, oh, wait, is he as good as his dad? I don't really know. And he's in with a proper fighter for the first time, which is, which is crazy, seeing as he's been a pro for so long. But, you know, he's, he's obviously he lost to Billy Joe. That was early on in both their careers. But now he's not going to get much better now. And George isn't going to get much better. So now it's like, okay... He's reaching his peak, and, and that's why people are tuning into it. But as George says, it is about levels. It's about experience. It's about amateur pedigree. These things are, are all things that, that make the, the, the fighters a complete fighter whenever they get to the top. You know, you've got to be able to deal with all styles. He looks fantastic with one style, someone that walks in with their hands up high. Have you ever seen George Groves do that? No. You see him punch long. You see him punch hard. Mm. You see him set traps. And he looked uh, at the public way out mm. uh, earlier on, sorry, workout earlier on this week, Don. Yeah. We were there. 
he looks really long, doesn't he? Mm. I mean, he, George, this is, he is ridiculously yeah. long. I and mean, when you're ringside and you see it, it's like a wingspan that yeah, he's got yeah. there. He's crackers. He's got very flexible shoulders. And if you actually put his arms out, he's not got that long arms, but it's just his, his mobility within his shoulders. He's got, um, he punches very loose. You see a lot of guys, if you watch Eubank Jr., he punches everything from his shoulders. So his arms just extend because they don't actually fully you know like roll he does, his shoulder doesn't really come out and, and punch at length so that's why he, he generates a lot of power Eubank Jr. in close with mm. bent arm shots because he's, he's strong as soon as the arm's in this position up the middle around the side he can generate power but from long distance he doesn't rotate and his feet are all wrong so um, you know that's that's something that we've worked on in camp and I can I can give all the information away it's just up to George Groves to 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 be able to go out there and execute it. And I don't believe that Eubank Jr. is able to suddenly go, okay, shit, it's three or four days to go. Sorry for my French, that I need to go and work on my feet and I need to go and do this and that. I t- He's always fought the same way. He didn't, he, didn't, um, he didn't take much from his loss. I mean, you see him today, he just said, oh, well, I learned from that fight, so I need to start, start earlier. No, wait, you, you got out skills. Mm. You, know, you, you need to go and put yourself in with guys that maybe aren't quite as good as that, but they're technically, set, you know, they're, they're, they're fast feet, they're fast hands, and you need to be able to beat them, not just go and fight guys that you're, you're comfortable fighting. Mm. There's probably a million things that we can all talk about in the yeah. web, with the build-up to this, but just to go back to, because you alluded to the press conference, because obviously that's why we're here. We've seen the mm. two guys now answer questions and, and have a little dig at each other. You're sat there, you, you were brought into it obviously as well, you, questions put to you, but what did you make of the press conference, the demeanour of Eubank, the, the kind of attacks of Eubank, George sitting back, taking it all in, the yeah. one-liners here and there, but very, very relaxed. More, you know, less is more from, from George, I feel like, at this stage. Um, the fight sells itself. It's great that you, you guys are all selling it as well. You know, it's not... It's not down to just the two fighters having to drum it up. It's not an undercar fight, it's a main event, it's mm. sold out. You don't need to sell it, you know what I mean? And it's the fact that George has been in that position before. He's tried to oversell something and he's taken his eye off the ball. And he now understands that you don't need to waste energy doing that. It, it makes, makes absolutely no difference come fight night. All the hard work's done. And he just looked a bit of a fool. And it was strange to see that Senior wasn't there it really is this is Junior's defining fight this is him coming out of the shadow what he doesn't realise is that's a pretty nice shadow to have do you know what I mean I've been there I've had my, my father looking over me the whole time and, and helping me out and giving me opportunities and you've got to be thankful for that you don't want to try and better them you don't want to try and you know I, I would hate to go to the grave a better fight than my dad because it would undermine what he did you know and for starters I just couldn't have done it and I don't think that, that Eubank Junior can and your guy's bigger, he's stronger, he's yeah. more experienced, he's been in fights bigger than this one even. Yeah. Um, so why do you think the bookies and, and the consensus within the general public are, are making him mm. the underdog? But in mind, he's the number one seed as well. Do you think the fact that you guys chose Jamie Cox and went that route in the quarterfinals has kind of worked against you because it was a fight George was always supposed to win? Well, you look back and you think about... I remember a few people tweeted nobody's going to pick Jamie Cox because he's dangerous he's a hard puncher and he was quick and you didn't know how good he was you know but he got found out and everyone thought he was useless and I feel like why the bookies are favouring Eubank Jr. is because we live in a social media driven world now Mm. something that he's massively active on George Groves is you've got to convince him to tweet you've got to convince him to put an Instagram story come on mate just put one out honestly you need to keep everyone happy and your fans happy you know, and, and he's just quite content with life. He doesn't live on he doesn't live on that platforms, you know, doesn't live his life through that. And the bookies are are looking at these videos and other people, journalists and stuff, and no matter how much you can say, Oh, their bags don't hit back and the pads don't hit back and this and that they still get mesmerized by the silly combinations. I watched him work out the other day, just doing like 20 punch combinations. Do you really think you're going to hit George Groves with 20 punches? Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't see him throw one It looks good though. Jab. Come on, it, it Shane. Does, it does, it it does, does look good. It well, does it's look good for and, a bit and, of Instagram. I like that type of stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm retweeting that all day. <laughs> exactly. Do you and appreciate, though, Shane, that we're in a different world now, though? You know, we are, forget, a couple yeah. of weeks ago, mm. two guys that are social media yeah. stars, if you like, sold out the copper box, you know. And yeah. it, oh, it's, the, it's gaining uh, traction. The you know, we KSI live in a branded world. Mm. You have to brand yourself. Mm. Obviously, 
George is where he is now. He's already an established world champion. But do you accept that for the rest of your stable and for young fighters coming through? What Chris is doing makes yeah. sense in this world. No, it, it does. It does. And don't get me wrong. When, when fighters are coming up, you have to build them up. And, you know, uh, you, you have to, unfortunately, sell a little bit of your soul to the devil. You know, go out there and post, post that you don't really want to do. Um, or, or what you do is you find a dance partner that does it for you. For example, Josh and O'Hara Davis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then and you're you going to smash them up. That's what you're going to do, don't you? Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> another way of doing it. And, and, and listen, do you know who's joined the Eubank team? O'Hara Davis. He's, he's hanging around him. So we've, had, we've got one defeat on them already. And I think on Saturday night we'll have a second. Regarding, listen, we've got you here. You're a massive fan of Josh. You're a massive fan of Josh. I'm a massive fan of Josh. We've got to speak about Josh because I've seen him yeah. loitering around and we'll try and get him on the show at some point. You must be incredibly excited about him because of the trajectory, really. Just from someone that only maybe the hardcore fan would know. Yeah. The platform that he's been put on on Channel 5, fantastic. Mm. Everybody's getting to see him do his thing. Yeah. The O'Hara Davis fight, he goes in and everybody all of a sudden is talking about the Titan Tornado. And now his last fight, you're thinking, flipping heck, how far and how quick can this kid go? Yeah. That's the that's the thing. Right now we're in a we're in a holding him back phase because he's, he, you know, he's having his eleventh fight against Soto, you know, and 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 that's just it's scary to think. He had a lot of development in the amateurs. He boxed over a hundred internationals, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily transcend to becoming a good professional. And he's done that. He's he's made that exchange, you know, very very quickly, um, and he is. He is proper top class, but we've got a couple of real hard fights out there in the mm. in the lightweight weight division or super lightweight as they call it now, and we just got to get one or two more experienced yeah, learning fights. But I've I've had him inspiring likes of Sean Porter, and he, you know doesn't look always, out of place at all. Always, always looks fantastic, you know. And you're Matt, supposed to I, say that though. No, <laughs> I'm. Can I just listen, you might he's, he's spot, okay, he spun a lot of rounds of Groves for the for the Jamie Cox fight. And you know he's, this, the size advantage is crazy, but it was incredible. The skill level between yeah. the two was fantastic. Mm. Anthony Crawler tells mm. a story about Josh when he was an amateur still, yeah. and there was a team from Edinburgh went to the wild card, and yeah. Joe and some of his fighters were over there. Anthony being one, and he caught everyone's eye because yeah. of the way he was handling seasoned guys, and yeah. that's why before the O'Hara Davis fight, Anthony and a few others were saying, no, no, Taylor takes care of him all day yeah. because of this, 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 and mm. we've seen, they'd seen something special, you know, a good few years ago. So things like that, you know, you, that sticks with you. That's why you, you always want to follow a lad like that when you hear people say things like that. You've obviously seen that in him anyway. Yeah, I used, like when I used to look at amateur boxing, I used to look at it and, and say like, okay, who's the, who's the guy that's pushing them back or who's the one that's, that's landing the bigger, harder shots? And it's not necessarily like that. If you look at Josh Taylor's amateur fights, he didn't look anything special. You know, yeah, he looked pretty good in the Commonwealth Games, but he boxed in the Olympics. He'd been beat many times. He boxed in the WSB. He had zero and two, which was quite funny. When he was making his debut out in Texas, they wanted to announce him as a zero and two. He's like, he's going mental. He's like, no, I'm, I'm making my debut. But, um, but yeah, it's, he, he, he didn't look... And he, you know, he, he looked special, don't get me wrong, but he didn't look like he was that hard of a puncher. And now he's taking everybody out. He's accurate, didn't get hit clean. And, you know, he, he, can, he, can, he can do everything really, really well. He's got great hand defenses, great movement. But, you know, he's definitely come on leaps and leaps and bounds. And the progression was, was phenomenal. For, for, we've been working together three years now, um, this summer, I think. And the progression was just rapid straight off the bat. And he's hard as nails as well. We know he can take a shot because last time he was on our show, Nick, mm. he was telling us about uh, breaking his jaw with that uh, golf club that he's, uh, I think That's it was right, his, uh, his cousin that whacked him in the face with a golf club <laughs> and he didn't go down. <laughs> he was proud of that fact yeah. as well, wasn't he? I still didn't go it. down. It's not like, okay, you, you know, you, you never got hurt at all against the Hara Davies and you can take a phenomenal shot and stuff like that. But it's, oh, I got hit with a, I got scalped, as he calls it, yeah. with a with this golf club when off he was his, a kid. Off, <laughs> off his female cousin as well. So. Yeah. Hey, and he, he never went down. He loves that. Now, my Fight Disciples colleague, Nick Pete, wandered off with uh, Chris Eubank Sr. for a little bit of a chat. You may have seen this on our website. It is available in video format if you want to go and have a little bit of a nosy at it. Fightdisciples.com. Go and have a little bit of a look. Um, if you don't have time or maybe you're driving and you're listening to this on your commute to work, here it is in its entirety. This is probably the best ever opening question to an interview I've ever heard. So we've had the final press conference, Chris. Uh, atmosphere was absolutely electric. I think we just touched on it then, that uh, it feels very special. But for you, 
watching your son right now, you know, you must be getting pulled into it. But is there a little tinge of jealousy because these were the moments in your career you absolutely lived for? No, he's my son. He's, you know, my job is to make sure he grows. Um, and it's a gradual growth. There isn't any fast-tracking. Um, if you look at his fights, everything has been gradual and at the right time. You know, there was going to be one fast-forward, but then we got swindled out of that fight, which puts us back, it put us back right on track. So he's been built gradually. He hasn't been in any, in, in any tough fights. Um, his hourglass is full. He's fresh. He's only one year younger than uh, George, mm -hmm. but yet because George has been built by these PE teachers, yep. they don't understand the consequences of bad matchmaking. I'm going to be the best uh, matchmaker because I've been through it. I saw what they did to me. And so being blessed to be cognitive, I'm using all of the teachings which were... In the negative, I'm using them in the positive for Junior. So this gradual build, I mean, even in these press conferences, probably you didn't realize that in Germany, I wasn't at the weigh-in. At least I was, but I was on the lower level with the press. I wasn't at the press conference. Um, it's a gradual uh, growing of him. Um, so when you say jealousy... That is an awful, it's an awful perception to have that the father could be jealous of his son. Um, I just think because, because of the magnitude of the moment. Hold on, hold on. What I would say to you is this. Or here is an observation. Or here is a point of interest I should make. Let him get to my level in terms of world championship defences. And then perhaps you can ask me that question. But for a father to be jealous is sick. It would be sick. You know, my job is to protect and shield. And for the last six years of his career, I've been taking bullets while shielding him and growing, growing him and uh, coaching, as in making money for him out of this game. Uh, so my influence has been uh, that of a parent. So... That word is like, it's an awful word. You can't, you can't have that word in association with a father-son. Okay, so next. <laughs> in terms of this tournament, then, has it, has it signified then the passing of the torch from senior to junior? Is this his tournament to make him to stand alone as a man, stand alone as a champion? He's, he's, do, he's doing just that. I mean, you know... Both teams have their trainers and influencers. And it's all about them stepping into their own light, what they create. You know, I've been able to guide. I've been able to shield. He has to do the work. And he has done the work. So, you know, credit. As a parent... I'm not looking for credit, I'm looking for him being safe and I'm looking for him not being misused or misdirected or cheated or uh, not being taught how to uh, fight or and fast-tracking him so that he doesn't learn his apprenticeship correctly. You know, as a father, my... Uh, influence has been to comprehensively be, build him, build, comprehensively. So we're not talking about half-baked, mm -hmm. you know. You're looking there at a very, very dangerous young man. Yeah. And there's half of him, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm talking about my half. The second half makes him something else, which is his mother's side. You know, and she was always meat and potatoes, get to the point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this term Junior has... You know, you know, if it makes if it makes money, it makes sense. That's the that's a head he has. So he's very uh, focused and you know isn't as sensitive or as considerate in 
uh, in, in terms of his nature as what I was. So, you know, I'd like to say to the viewers, look, in terms of building him and being the influence to have what will entertain you, you are welcome. Just one last question. Is, is, do you accept George Groves as the toughest opponent he's faced so far in his career? Bearing in mind he did such a wonderful performance like, you know, against Yildrum. I know he was favourite there, but he went into the Lions' den kind of thing. Here in Manchester, I think the, the, the audience is going to be split like the, like the country's split on who's going to come out victorious. OK, from a, promo from a promotional point of view, oh, yeah, you know, George is WBA super middleweight champion of the world and you know it's a really big test for junior and it is that's a promotional um speak the truth is george is in real and present danger and to be even more controversial let me tell you this if callum smith should come through uh, Jürgen Bremer he should step aside and let Billy Joe come into the super middleweight division because the danger he will be in will be far more than what George is in how do you like me now? Wow, it's a fantastic statement do you think, just on that point then, do you think Callum Smith will come through against Bremer, is that the fight you guys are looking towards in May? No, what it is is that he's British and I suppose somehow I have a slight leaning, and he's, he's always been a pleasant young man around me. You know, and his standard isn't juniors. And, you know, I know this sounds really strange and everything, but, you know, do you remember who I am? Because if you do, then, you know, you can't take it with a pinch of salt. You know, and all these things I'm saying about safety of the uh, participants... It's not like I didn't actually call this before. Uh, everyone says, or it seems that, a lot of people are trying to jump on this bandwagon saying that, you know, it's disgraceful me bringing up Nick Blackwell. I am not hiding. I'm not, sweep I'm not sweeping them under the carpet like everybody likes to do. You know, I want him there for him to remind you of what this wonderful game, this wonderful sport, this wonderful life is about. It is dangerous, you know, and all of these PE teachers actually putting these young men in danger because they don't know the sport like I know it. Yes, I'm severe. Yes, I'm dark. Yes, I'm uh, uh, severe with my, my point of view. How am I not going to be? So, you know, I know that they're all looking now for me to fall flat on my face or for me to end up with egg on my face. But I don't think I will, because I'm not talking about what I think. I'm not talking about, I'm, you know, I've never spoken anything other than what is my past experience. So watch what happens to George. Watch. They're talking about a 50-50 fight. This is not a 50-50 fight, because Junior hasn't been built by one of these guys who, who's never fought before. You know, I, I know what this is about. They're teaching a game. I'm teaching influence. I'm, to, I'm, I'm teaching grit. I'm teaching, I'm teaching spirit. You know, Mike Tyson was the force of nature that he was because of spirit. It wasn't so much training. You know, that training and that side-to-side -side movement, does have, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything if it, if it doesn't have spirit behind it. So that's what Junior has and... Again, you know, to you, the spectator, you know, through all the gales and storms and hurricanes of criticism, all the bullets I've taken all over these uh, five and a half, six years for Junior, I've been able to actually get him through so that there wasn't any interference in his building. So you now have a live spirit. You have a live wire who I know will entertain you. I wish I knew that song. I'd, I'd give you a little shuffle. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to Saturday. Appreciate it. Told you it was a cracker. And you've got to go and watch the video. If you get a time uh, at any point, 
uh, later on. Go and have a little bit of a nosy at our website, fightdisciples.com, the video of Nick interviewing Chris Eubank Jr. His facial expressions when he asked him whether he was jealous of his own son is absolute gold. Uh, if this is the first time you've ever stumbled across us, by the way, where the heck have you been? Uh, you can get us on um, iTunes. You can get us on Android via our website, fightdisciples.com. Um, and you can get us on all social media platforms at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just one more interview to play you uh, from the press conference this week and it's with Calla Sowland and it's an interesting one because this, I've never heard of this in the world of boxing before and it's the eventuality of a draw in this competition. Take a listen to his answer of how they will determine the winner. So I, I, I got a couple of old boxing lawyers to put together a few ideas which we then we went on the basis of there can't there always will be a winner uh, on the night according to the world boxing super series yeah obviously the the belts if it's a draw it's then it goes down to what the the federation so the belts would ultimately Remain, stay yeah. with with the uh, may, might be the loser according to us mm. because what we do is we have a fourth official so we'll go first to his scorecard. If it's still a draw, and by the way, Breedis, um, Uzik, if the last round would have been a flip, we'd have had a draw on all four scorecards. Mm, wow. wow. That's how close it was. Wow. So I would have had two and two. I think it was two and two. Um, so what have you done so, then? No, but then we do what in golf you call a count back. Mm-hmm. So we go back through the round. So mm-hmm. we go. So you go to round. 12 first? 11th okay. round. 10th round, 9th mm-hmm. round, and we go back. But that's also possible you end up with a draw. So we go through all different mechanisms then, which I'd be lying if I took Is it punch stats and all of those kind of things? Or how do you... Punch stats so much. We, we, so we looked at that because there's a couple that is also... That, those CompuBox stats, I love them, but they are, they are still to a certain degree subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have, if you have a draw it, it, on all, it, all the cards yeah. and, you, and you're doing that countback system yeah. and you go to the 12th round first of yeah. all, does that have to be then unanimous in somebody's favour or does it just have to be 3-1? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, does it have to be 3-1 or does it have to be 4-0? No, it, had, it has to be a clear decision. It has right. to be a clear okay. decision. Um, but let me, ultimately, we're going to go through all these mechanisms, but it could go down to a toss of a coin. Really? So that's, that's what we had to do. Ultimately, you could go through a hundred different things. Yeah, of course, yeah. You have to, you always end up with the possibility of the toss of a coin. Where that, where that comes into effect mostly, or where, this, the other ones should really clear it, but where there, where there is a danger is if you would have a clash of heads very early, mm. okay. which would normally be decided as a no contest. Yeah. So imagine the first round. There's no rounds, there's no scores in. Ultimately, then you're going to go most likely, and, and once again, I have to check the rule books exactly, but we would probably go, to a, we would probably go for, a, for a toss of the coin. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So normally, because, because we have to have a winner, we of course, need yeah. to proceed. So if if they bang heads and they, you know, it's mm. an accident can't continue. Yeah, according to the, the official, the official. So that's r- within the first four rounds. Non-contact, no con. Yeah, but uh, the, the third round you'd have two scorecards in. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah, those yeah. they would already have a result. But if you, it was in the first round, mm. you'd have no one to go by. So you would have mm. to go to a toss of a coin. So there you have it. They clash heads in the first round and they can't continue. They'll be flipping a coin in the middle of the ring to determine who goes through to the final. Crackers. Listen, whatever happens at the weekend, I think we can guarantee that it's going to be an absolute cracker. An absolute cracker of a fight. George Groves versus Chris Eubank Jr. We're dead excited about it. I'm sure you are too. Make sure you come and join us next week for all the fallout on the multi-award winning Fight Disciples podcast. You can get it via iTunes. Androids via our website, fightdisciples.com. And please come and play with us on social media on a day-to-day basis. At Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.